Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so excited today because my guest is not only someone that is an absolute genius when it comes to energy work, she's a Reiki practitioner, a podcast host, a hairstylist, and she also was one of our attendees for the first ever Escape to Elevate retreat, which means that we got to hang out in person in Italy for a whole week. And so I'm really excited to bring Brooke's energy onto the show and share some of her genius with you. We're going to talk today about how you can stay grounded behind the chair because we all know that the energy exchange when you're working with clients all day in whatever capacity can either be something that gives you energy or drains your energy. (laughs) You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. So welcome to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Brooke, I'm so excited to have you. It's lovely to see your face again. How are you doing today? Oh my goodness, what an introduction. I love that. I am doing wonderful. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you so much. You are amazing. I'm so honored that I was able to be a part of the first retreat there in Italy. It was definitely a life-changing experience. I also was able to facilitate some of my magic in that space and really help everybody get grounded just for Mm -hmm. kick off the retreat. So that was beautiful. It was incredible. And if you want a sneak peek into what that looks like, go check out Brooke's Instagram page because there's some really beautiful, even footage from the retreat of you doing your thing. And it was just such a great experience. I think everyone evolved so much and you were an amazing facilitator in our space. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for being here. We're going to really give some applicable and practical tips on how you can conserve your energy, how you can stay grounded. And we'll get into what that really means. But before we do, I would love for you to just give a little bit of your backstory in the beauty industry, how you got into it, what your journey has been like and what you're doing now. Okay, I have been in the industry for going on 24 years now, which is crazy to say. But I did not always know I wanted to be a hairdresser. However, my mother is a hairdresser, which Jody and I have talked about before. (laughs) And she she loved it when I decided I was going to hair school, but it wasn't something that I ever really thought I would do. So initially, I thought I was going to go to law school because I wanted to argue my way out of paper bag. But um, (laughs) I realized when I started hair school was that I hated school (laughs) and I actually was really good at doing hair. And I think another part of that or the bigger piece I've learned throughout my career is it's really about me being of service to people. I love that connection that I get to make with clients. So that's where I started. And, And even when I first began doing hair, I always knew I wanted to be an educator, which Initially, I thought I was going to teach at schools, but that's a whole other story we could talk about another time when I made that decision. But I would say probably about 10 years into my career, I started working for major manufacturers, really expanding my knowledge as a stylist, 
and education, taking education on how to educate people and not just about doing hair. I work for several major manufacturers. I work for Quaj, KMS California. I did the encores with Nicarojo. I worked backstage with them in Goldwell. I was with Hattori Hanzo for four years as an educator and a sales rep. And then after COVID, I went to work for a distributor. I was there for a little while as well, still dabbling in hair. But ultimately, what it came down to at the end of last year was just deciding that I needed to shift back into being of service in a different way. I was really good at sales, but when it came down to bare bones, it wasn't because I was a good salesperson. It was because I was helping people. And I just was more fulfilled in that being behind the chair and getting back to being an educator. So here I am about a year later on this journey, and it's been a whirlwind of a year. Um, but I'm super happy to be moving into this coaching space because at the end of the day, everybody that I've touched along the way consistently comes to me for advice. And I thought, why am I not doing this? It's been being shown to me for years that this was part of my path, but I've just been putting it off because of what I was comfortable doing was teaching hair. And I'm still open to that, but really pushing myself into that spirituality mindset, protecting your peace how to stay grounded behind the chair and show stylists that they can grow a dream life, whatever that looks like for them, because everybody's success is very individual. I love that. Thank you for sharing your story. And I, I, when you were talking about the fulfillment piece, it really resonated with me because something I've been thinking a lot about recently in both our industry and the online industry as a whole. So for coaches, educators, speakers, authors, like everyone who's in that space of being of service for other business owners, and hairstylists behind the chair, beauty professionals, this can apply to, uh, to basically anyone who works with their humans, is this conversation of burnout. And I think one of the things that I heard recently that was so impactful was that sometimes burnout isn't about working too hard. It's about working on things you don't care about or things that don't fulfill you. And I think that's so interesting because when I really examine things, Yes, there were times where it was just working too much or just doing doing too many things, trying to operate at full capacity for too long. There are other times, though, where I think back and it's I just knew that this wasn't right for me anymore and I kept trying to do it. And that is what led to the burnout. I think that's very important to be aware of when it comes to your path. And you need to be really in touch with yourself or someone around you that's paying attention. Yeah. I say that's twofold just because my it was my husband initially one day was like, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, whoa, that was a wake up call to me because I was making really good money. I grew a million plus dollar territory on my own post COVID. It was phenomenal, but I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy. I was I, and that's good for some people. I'm just saying for me, like success is individual. Like that wasn't yeah. filling my cup. That was maybe filling my bank account, but that's about it. It's not about that. I Money is freedom. And when I'm not, when I'm chained to it, then it's not doing what I want it to do for me. Um, and so that being said, it was a, a scary decision, but also no brainer to understand that's the move that I needed to make. And to me, everything amazing is on the other side of fear. So yeah just said, are we doing this? And jumped head on. And I think that the, this season of my career has really been about learning the business because it's very different than when I was in it previous and how we grew and social media. And these are all things that I literally said I was never going to learn, but the universe has a funny way of <laughs> uh, <laughs> not 
Um, so I'm careful <laughs> with my words now when I say I'm never going to do. <laughs> but when I was searching for what that looked like, that's how I found you, Jody. And I was really led to you because I felt like you had such a sweet spirit and we connected with each other. But also you could show me things I had no idea how to navigate. And it's definitely been a big transformative experience for me. And I will say that like leading up to this shift in my business with the Grounded Stylist, is that I was starting to dabble in teaching these classes within my community about staying grounded behind the chair. And I had amazing feedback. Every class that I did sold out and it went really well. So I am going to be launching that kind of across the board now, both in person and on demand, where I can go out and teach this it's about your space, but it's also about your space up here because I think yeah. sometimes we stay stuck because we're afraid and it's really a mindset shift that needs to change. And without my mentors and coaches, I wouldn't be able to be here. So I want to be able to provide that for others. Oh, I love that. And that's that purpose is, I think, so important when it comes to a shift. If you're driven to, and this evolution conversation is something we've been talking about so much here in on the podcast because it's truly I think where a lot of us are at right now right there is this big this big collective like transition I think this is something we've been seeing a lot in terms of finding that purpose and like you said before there is I think what it comes down to is when you said success is very individual and I think too there are some of us um some people who are able to really compartmentalize and so for work, it's okay. That's work. That's just what I do to make money. And then like, I'm not anything to do with my work. And that's great. And then there are some people like me <laughs> who really, in order to just be fulfilled in general, need to feel like what we're doing really matters and what we're doing. And not that anyone's work doesn't matter, but you know what I'm saying? There is a lot of that tie-in. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that's something where those of us who feel that way, who maybe have felt in the past. And I know this is something I've experienced. What is wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy like with what I'm doing? And while I think that's something, I, there are times where I'm like, that's something I needed to work through for other reasons, but there are times where it really just wasn't right anymore. And so I think really getting to know yourself is so important. And also like on the podcast too, the, the conversations that people send me the most DMs about the conversations that get the most downloads are the ones that are about that internal peace and that internal evolution and fulfillment and all of these things. So I think it's really timely to be talking about all of these different energetics and ways that we can get the most out of our careers and still be able to be present in our lives. And with that being said, I would love to talk more about how to stay grounded behind the chair. Like we said in the beginning of this episode, that's really something that I would love to get to dive into. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Jeffy. <laughs> I think that's, it's multifaceted for sure. And I, when I go in and I teach this program, I program a school of thought, if you will, yeah. What I like to dive into is not only just it, we start about protecting your own energy. OK, so what are some things that we can do to make sure that we create a space where if someone were to come in that was a bit of a energy vampire, for lack of a bit, well, a better way of saying it. Some people can't handle this. Some people can. That's a whole nother kind of part of the conversation. But 
how do we protect our space from that? And not only just for ourselves, but for our clients that come in after. So we do dive into protecting our own energy. If it's really intense, can we create a space around us that is very protective? How about just protecting our space in general? What sorts of modalities like resonate with you? Because there's a lot of options out there. I know what I use, but I really try to teach a whole range of things so that you can choose something that resonates with you as far as what you would utilize to protect that space. Also, I should back up a little bit and say this, that prior to this sort of in-person class, what I like to do is actually clear the space, right? So I'm walking you through what I would do in my home, in my salon, clear space, doorways, windows, corners. I do utilize Reiki as well to help set up the space itself to stay clear in general. And then we talk about protecting energy. And then how do you clear the space after you have a Mm -hmm. situation, either at the end of the day or in between clients where it's been intense? How would you go about clearing that space um, to reset? And then utilizing that before you leave for the day. So do you like to make a break between when I am done with my last client and when I walk out the door? So that when I leave, I'm leaving my salon day at the salon and I'm going to go home and be present for my family. So we focus on that. And then also, how can we be impactful for other people? So one, not only are we talking about protecting our energy, not only are we talking about clearing space, but we're talking about how can we help others? So there's lots of different ways that you can infuse that into your day. And so we will discuss, we would discuss that as well at length. And I can do some of my one-on-one coaching too, if you don't have a whole salon that's ready for this, really dig into what are you doing in your day-to-day life and how can you impart your piece um, on others as well? Yes, I love this. So one of the things that I, our mutual friend actually, Britt Carmichael has said before is that when you are working on yourself and when you're protecting your own energy, even if you're not necessarily like doing energy work on clients or any of these things, there's still such a benefit to just being around you. It's like being a calming presence. So can we talk about some of the ways that you can protect your energy? Because I do think no matter how cheesy we are, I think sometimes when we talk about protecting energy, we think it's just from clients who are difficult. But I've had some of my most amazing clients who've suffered a loss or like they've come in and it's just, they're going through a hard time. You're their safe space. So they are like, working through some of these things with you. And even though it's, I think a lot of us are naturally quite empathetic. And when it's clients that we love who've been with us sometimes for years, that can be very heavy because we carry a lot of that emotional baggage, right? Behind the chair, even even for educators and coaches, like that's something that I think we all deal with whenever we have these like deep relationships with people. So what are some of the things like while because I, I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it's taking away from your empathy, more just like how can we like serve them and hold space for them without necessarily taking it all on ourselves? Yeah, so I think that's a good conversation because like I was saying, yes, there are those people who have that energy and then there's some that, I guess you said it a little more eloquently, but they're going through something very personal. They can't really, they're not in control of really what their energetic space is, right? Right. Maybe somebody who's really sick or, like you said, going through a a death of a loved one or something along those lines. 
So I think that whole, being able to hold space for them is huge. And what I would, what I do and what I recommend is that when you still are at the end of that interaction with that client, you can just do a little bit of a self-cleansing. And honestly, something as simple as wiping your hands down your arms and shaking out your hands will release any residual kind of heavy energy that you don't need right. to carry. As far as like generally just processing for them when they're there and ways to keep that space clear. I like to use Sage and follow Santo. I think that's like a, if they're coming in, it's something to just clear the air before they come in. Something and I, Britt Brit and I actually talked about is the air amethyst spray, the brand air. Uh, a lot of you have probably heard of it, but it's a spray that you could use. It's a clearing spray that wouldn't be like invasive. But right. if you really feel like you don't need calming to come over the space while you're in there, those sorts of modalities are a little more subtle, but they do work very strongly just within the, with them being in the air. That's one way that you can transmute some of that energy. And then just saying a little something, like you don't have to say it out loud, but you could just in your head just say, hey, I really would like to move out this energy and help this client process for the highest good of everybody involved. And that mm -hmm. can get some of that off your shoulders as well. I love that. And I love that you brought up that spray too, because I know some of my listeners are in like chair rentals or booth rentals or in suites and they can't necessarily like use like Palisade or Sage because there's a lot of other people around or maybe it's against regulation. So I love that you brought up an alternative. That is amazing. And thank you for giving some really tangible tips. And I know something I'm curious about when it comes to clearing the space is I think a lot of us have heard the term Reiki, right? And you mentioned Reiki in terms of, you said like doors, corners, like that kind of thing. Can you just walk us through what <laughs> is Reiki? <laughs> How is it applied? What is this like magical thing? Because I've had Reiki and it, it really did feel, but I, I still truly don't, beyond what you've told me, really okay. truly understand what it is. So Reiki is a energetic healing practice. It's good for mental and physical. It can help remove stuck energy, which can cause disease processes. It's not an exchange for any sort of modern medicine that you need to be utilizing, but it can be used in tandem. So I just like to put that disclaimer out there. I am a Reiki master, so I've completed level one, two, and three attunements, which means that I am able to teach and apply Reiki as well as attune others. And essentially, I started my Reiki journey as a healing for myself. So level one is really a personal healing journey. And what drew me to it is that everybody has Reiki in them. The attunement is what awakens you to be able to access the Reiki energy, okay? Mm -hmm. Can you be an energetic healer without it? Sure. But just as with anything else, if it resonates with you, but it strongly did with me and still does. Essentially, you're tapping into the life force energy instead of utilizing your own energy. That is the key part of Reiki. And it, it has been passed down through lineage and lineage. It was Yushi is the Reiki practitioner that originally started the method that I am certified under. There's lots of different ways it can be applied, but I intuitively move energy when I utilize Reiki and I can tap into it pretty quickly, but it's generally meant to rebalance the chakra system, find where stuck energy is and move it out. Now, you can also apply Reiki to literally anything. I can apply Reiki to my animals. I can apply Reiki to an inanimate object. Essentially, that's just giving that positive energy flow in that space with that being with that object. 
to help keep things balanced. I love that because I have seen things online or on Instagram that was like Reiki infused things. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I love that. So then what would be an example of how you would apply Reiki like within your salon business? I love that you asked that because I was literally just thinking it. So we're like here with each other. (laughs) I personally have Reiki services behind the chair. So I have where you can just come in and get Reiki. I do have a mini session, which I call a chakra balancing. They both include a tarot and card reading, which you can access those through me as well. I do these in person and distance. There is a booking links available on my website, thegroundedstylist.com, as well as my Gloss Genius. And those links are on my Instagram. But that being said, so Reiki behind Reiki service, I do the chakra balancing, I do the card readings. And then I also do a Reiki wash, like shampoo experience with scalp treatment. So that's just going to be either like it could be a standalone or an add-on where we'll just go through and do some points up through your crown chakra into your throat and maybe even your heart space while we're doing like a shampoo blowout situation. So those are some ways that I utilize Reiki with my clients in the salon. But I also offer to hairdressers or people that work with people. If this is something that resonates with them, I can attune you to start your Reiki journey as well so that you can also provide these services and guide yourself through some personal healing. I love this. And you said that the first level, so there's like all of these different levels to Reiki attunement. and so. For behind the chair, what level do stylists need to be attuned to in order to offer these services? There's a little bit of, I don't want to say controversy there, but level two is usually when you would start being able to do Reiki on others. And essentially, that's just because at level one, you're needing to practice it a bit and kind of get used to it. So you're meant to practice on yourself. I do know people that have practiced one on themselves for a while and then moved into practicing on others. And that's been fine. There's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. You have more access to the Reiki energy. So it's less draining on your physical or or energetic body, I should say, uh, once you become attuned to two. I would say, of course, always start with one and just see where your journey leads you. I I think if you are want to get deeper into it, then level two, of course, we can accommodate that. And then I look to do be doing a level three retreat, probably at the end of 2024. So it'll be a retreat. But for those of the people that have been on the Reiki journey with me, if they want to do their master's tunement while we're there, that's something that I would offer as well. But I would say to start with one and see where it leads you. And that's something that we can always have a conversation about. If you're easily tapped into Reiki and it's pretty open to you, it, it becomes a lot easier to pass it to others. So... I have a follow-up question. How did you start incorporating this behind the chair? Because I'm seeing, uh, I'm always like looking out for trends in our industry, looking at what's happening online, the conversations that are happening. And I am noticing, I actually had one of my friends who I'm not on TikTok. She's a big TikTok user. She is not in the hair industry. She literally runs a promotional goods marketing company that works with corporations. And she messaged me and said, hey, have you heard about this Reiki hair like services? And I was like, yes, I have. What? (laughs) Tell me more, though, because she somehow worked its way into her TikTok algorithm, which is interesting because I'm like, okay, so this means that there's clearly a wide conversation happening. There's clearly people, clients out there who are looking for this particular service. 
So what did that look like in terms of working it into your menu behind the chair? And how did you introduce it to your clients? Was there any pushback? What did that look like? So I think that anytime you um, introduce something new, that's a little like, I don't want to say different, but you know what I'm saying? It's not your standard. Here, I'm adding a Bali Yeah, <laughs> You want to be very clear about what your intention is, because I imagine there probably will be some people who will question it, but that's okay if that's no longer your audience, right? I just went out there at this point and I said, listen, this is who I am. I know that people consistently actually, because I have a healing space set up in my salon, are asking me what I do. And so what came very natural to me. Now, if it's somebody that's new, I would say that there would just be a series of conversation around, are you feeling exhausted? Are you feeling yeah. worn out? Would you like to have more of a relaxing experience when you come to the salon. And you're right. There is a huge movement for this right now. Yeah. And I think for me, I want to help facilitate and make sure that in the middle of all of the conversation that's going on, that I'm helping people actually facilitate being true energetic healers right. and not somebody selling a service. That's my, there is a lot of people asking for, I think that's why I focus on Reiki and not just energetic work because yeah. I think that it is, it's like, you're healing yourself while you're healing somebody else when you're utilizing Reiki. So it's a very fulfilling practice. And I feel like it lends itself in the mindset for people to be open to it. And so what I'm hearing too is that there's like very much an ethical component to offering these services behind the chair. So can we dive into that a little bit in terms of if this is something that you are interested in doing, like how can you do that in a way that is of service instead of having it be just a buzzword that we add to our menu. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that I'll tell, I'll give the information that I was given when I first asked about me being attuned in Reiki, because I think it's a good answer. My Reiki practitioner that attuned me initially said, you know what, if this is something that you're drawn to, I've enjoyed this conversation with you. Our energy is working. Let's do a couple sessions together of you getting Reiki and then you can, we can make a determination if becoming attuned is what's a practitioner is what's right for you at that time. So that's what I would put into place. Have you had Reiki? If not, let's do it. Let's do some Reiki. <laughs> and let's after a session or two, see where we're at. If you're still feeling very drawn to like, this is part of who you are a healer. You do want to be this to be of service to people. Then we start the attunement process and start incorporating that into your business. To me, that feels ethically what's good to me because I want to make sure that I'm sending you out there to be the most successful, not just throwing a, a buzz service. Because I do know the one that you're talking about, and it's actually like a wash experience. Oh, and okay. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it is all over TikTok, which is what made me think to do the wash experience. Although yeah. mine's a bit different, I think the there is a need for it. There is a want for it. So let's make sure that we're doing it and giving that true energetic healing experience. Yeah. Cause when I hear that, I'm like, does anywhere in my area do a Reiki wash experience? Cause I want that. I mean, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's something just to be, even for people who are a little bit curious about it, like what a beautiful way to introduce that to your clients and potentially attract new clients who are wanting those services as well. And the I want to make 
Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I would say about being ethical is there are places that offer it online. Okay. And which I'm one of those. I'll attune you online or via Zoom or however we choose to do it. But I say you give yourself that space. Like I said, have Reiki done, make sure it's yeah. a good fit for you. Connect with the person who's attuning you. And also we do recommend that you give some time. Reiki one, and within the next four to six months, you're doing Reiki yeah. two. And if you're called to three, you're giving it another six to 12 months out right. from there so that everything's really integrated. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it, it works the same in every area. Like for example, we had talked about how like introductory, like even what I teach in terms of like branding, marketing, getting visible, all of these things, like it very much builds on each other. And you yeah. can't go to level 10 if you don't have a base understanding of level one. And the analogy that I always use is, is there any benefit to attend a high level color correction course if you don't understand color theory? Exactly. Exactly. Right? It's, it's not going to make sense. Do that in a week. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I love that. And I think that's something that's so important to think about. Like, and I just had someone, I just had someone say something about, oh, like I'm, I'm frustrated with people promising the world. And I'm like, people can promise the world, but they just can't promise the world overnight because it's not something that's going to serve you because there is time for integration. And that is so vital. That piece you can learn everything, but if you don't give yourself time to integrate and embody, then it's going to be difficult to to continue along that path in a way that is effective, is ethical, and allows you to grow alongside your business. And I think too, yes, 150%. And I think sometimes figuring out how to navigate that. That's like I said earlier, your mentors and your coaches. Jody, you're one of my mentors. So I'm constantly like wanting to ask you questions. I think that doing what I would recommend if this is somebody, if this is, you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting to me. I need more info. I would book a one-on-one -on -one intuitive coaching session with me. Let's sit down and see what this looks like, where you're at. And then we can build on, do we need to do distance sessions? Are you here locally? All those different things. I would recommend just getting one of those sessions on board and then we can play in from there. Yeah. And I think one of the underrated parts of this too is like in terms of when you do start down a journey is like for me, investing in my own understanding of myself is like one of the biggest forms of self-care that I do consistently. And sometimes that takes the place of like, I, I have a long-term coach and mentor that I work with. I also do book things like natal chart readings or human design sessions or I haven't done a distance Reiki session yet, but I'm going to. And all of those kinds of things, I feel like that also is like a, a deeper understanding of yourself and what you're here to do and your purpose. And that in itself can lead to a lot of fulfillment as well. And I think that's really the overarching thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you can put all these different things in place, but if you haven't yeah. taken care of yourselves, then it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. If I wouldn't have done the work to get to where I am today. I wouldn't be able to offer this effectively to somebody else. Yes, absolutely. That lived experience and there's and following your own path. Like there's so much value in that. And I want to talk to you because I know there is like a third piece to this between protecting your energy and making sure to protect and clear your space. But also, I know that you talk a lot about living in a positive mindset and really making sure that what's going on like protecting your mental energy. So how, what are some of self-care? Yes, a hundred percent. Thoughts are, they become 
thoughts become things. Like it's one of my favorite quotes. It's so simple and true. So what are some of the ways that you can ensure that you are taking care of practicing that mental self-care? I I definitely have rituals that I do and I highly recommend everybody have some sort of like morning ritual. I, I'm not here to tell you what's perfect. I'm here to tell you what works for you. And again, something we can explore as I have with mentors to find what works for me. But I every day I have five kids, minor children at home. My quiet time's in the shower. <laughs> so every day I do a small chakra balancing with myself. I check in. I call back my energy. I push out anything negative back to the earth to be transmuted. And I have my little checklist of things that I'll go through as far as like my social media, my phone, all that kind of drink my coffee. And I just recently started doing the Project 369 Manifestation journal. I do that in the morning. But those are some ways that I think are important for you to check in with yourself as far as mindset is concerned. Because the thing is that life is hard, but it doesn't need to be as hard as we make it. We're very programmed to think that like when something bad happens, it's happening to me. Why is this happening to me? Well, it's not happening to you. It's an experience that you're meant to move through. It's either going to take you down or you're going to get through it. And that's the mindset right there, right? Because Anything that feels bad and scary is generally meant just to teach you something. And I know there are some very unfortunate things that happen, but at the end of the day, where can you get to the other side of that place? I call it living outside of the storm. And the universe drives the bus that I'm on. <laughs> and when I have a storm, I'm either going to get off and take a detour and live over in that place, or I'm just going to try to figure out how to get to the other side of it while the universe is still driving the bus. Because see, they're going to become very difficult or even if it is difficult, it can be made to feel easier if you find they call that silver lining. But is a thing. You really just look for what can I learn? What am I meant to be feeling right now? And then if it is something that's very life changing and, and traumatic, then you need to let yourself feel. You need to let yourself have pain. You need to let yourself grieve. There's nothing wrong with that. Do not push that down. Let it be what it is. Figure out what it feels like to you and then let it go. And yeah. I think we are conditioned to not let go. We don't want to feel. We don't want to feel. We'll just, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to think about this. And that's where all of that stuff energy happens. Right. Which is again, why I love Reiki. Because yeah. it's a good way to move that stuff out without even having to really understand it. So self-care, I, I do say call myself a self-care advocate because I think that none of this really works if you don't make sure that you're okay. Yeah. And Making sure that you check in with yourself a lot. I use tarot and oracle readings a lot. If I even go to people, I just had a Reiki session the other day. I have people read cards for me too. It's in order to be able to just get an overarching theme of my own self-care so that I can implement for others, as well as making sure that my home life is in one piece. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There's a quote when you were talking that was coming up, and I think it just is so true because like you said, there are a lot of, obviously we all go through like hardships, difficulties, some of that's more than others, of course. But um, this quote that I always come back to is, I've been through many struggles and many hardships, most of which never happened. And yeah. so it's like where there are enough things that will come up, like where are we creating unnecessary tension and stress by worrying about things that may or may not even transpire? Like it's, and that's for me, I know, is a lot of the suffering is and especially not so much anymore, but 
past me, like 90% of what I was stressed about never even happened. And that's you're fearing something that's never even come into existence. So that's yeah. also the, where we talk about coming back into the moment. Like where are you at right now is where you yeah. need to be focused on. Not something that is past and you can't do anything about and something that actually has never even happened. So exactly when you find those rituals, that's what helps bring you back to that peace. That's what, to me, helps me live outside the storm instead of in this kind of chaotic space in my head. But also when I'm balanced and in my own body, it's a lot easier for me to listen to my intuition, which is always that really tiny voice that you can't hear unless you're in a peaceful kind of state. I always dig into these little things that people say, but like positive brings positivity. Misery definitely loves company. Right. Yeah. Energy goes where energy flows. Energy flows where energy goes. So if you are putting yourself into a positive mindset on a consistent basis and pulling yourself out of dark spaces and back into the light, that's where you're going to go. If you live in this place that feels sad and scary and the future is dim and bleak, then inevitably that's what's going to happen because manifestation doesn't know negativity from positivity. It just knows thought. Oh, this has been so good. Thank you for coming and sharing your brilliance. Like, I I love it. I every time we talk about these things, I learn so much, and I'm just very grateful to you for being here today. So, with that being said, can you share where can my listeners after this episode? I'm sure they're going to want to connect with you. Where can they go? Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you for having me because I always love having these conversations <laughs> with you. But you can find me on Instagram at the ground that's sorry at the ground that stylist underscore. Hopefully, I'll be able to drop that underscore at some point. But at the ground that stylist. <laughs> And then my website is going to be thegroundedstylist.com and you will be able to get links for my one-on-one coaching, my doing Reiki attunement, any of those things that resonate with you, you'll be able to access me there. And if you are looking for a new podcast obsession and this conversation has interested you, make sure that you go and check out the Grounded Stylist podcast because you've got some incredible guests lined up. You have some incredible knowledge to share. And I'm just so excited to listen in. Oh, I thank you so much for bringing that up. That is going to be amazing. If I could just even, oh, listen, I've been doing this for 24 years. I know a lot of people and the people that are going to be on there are going to be awesome. And I'll be doing Mindful Mondays every Monday. I love it. I will definitely be tuning into that. Thank you again, Brooke, for being here. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.